It's always good to be home. My name is Father Patrick Hyde. I'm a, a son of this parish. I was ordained a priest about seven years ago, and my first Mass was here at St. Clement's on Pentecost Sunday seven years ago. So what a great gift it is to be back with you. I'm the pastor currently of the Newman Center at Indiana University in Bloomington, Indiana, where it is a good thing to be a Hoosier. As I was praying this morning here in the church, I was reminded of a time when I was in high school and Father Steve Gilgen was here as the associate pastor. Maybe I was in college. And on Pentecost Sunday, he was, I was sitting over on that side and he said, I wonder what it was like to be in the upper room on Pentecost Sunday. And a, a guy playing the tuba walked out from the sacristy. It was quite memorable. I'm not having a tuba player come out. But it's a good reminder to us of the power of this day that this is one of the most important days of the year. After Christmas and Easter, Pentecost is the most important celebration of our faith because it is a reminder to us of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that God has entrusted to us himself. God has united himself to us. We are not simply in relationship to a person, to God, to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We, through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in baptism and confirmation, are the temples of the Holy Spirit. The audacity with which God acts in His church and on His people. We should therefore act with confidence. But it's not easy to act with confidence. It's never easy to follow Jesus. But perhaps in a special way now, we feel that burden all the more strongly. The last couple of years, our church in the U.S. has been going through a Eucharistic revival. We launched the parish phase this year. We also recognize that within the church and within the world, there's a, a dwindling religious sense and understanding of the world and practice, a greater sense of individualism, a, a lower spirit of collective goals and resolve. Those are challenges. Those are realities. But we are being called. We are being formed. We are being given the gifts that we have to respond to these things. Yes, the realities are huge. I know that I'm here on, I know in the archdiocese, they're doing the all things new and the announcements are being made this weekend. That's a challenge. I know in my own life that when I was a high schooler here in St. Louis growing up and the sex abuse crisis broke 20-something years ago, in my lifetime as a priest, I never expect the church to come out from underneath the veil of that. And understandably so and rightfully so. We should always hold in tension the realities of the horrors and atrocities that are there. We should always strive to do better never to allow that to happen again. We also know personally how difficult it is in the midst of all of that, and that's not even to mention the crises and chaos of our world around us. We all know the difficulty of following Jesus in the midst of that, of having hope, of having confidence, of having trust and faith in the Lord. How can we put our trust and our faith in the Lord when His church lets us down, when His people let us down, when the world is divided? It's a challenge for all of us. But brothers and sisters, we stand here in this church with the same confidence of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that the apostles had in the upper room. God is as present, if not as demonstrably so, He is as present sacramentally as He was in that room. He is coming to us. He has come to us. He will come to us. 
He is giving each and every one of us and his church what we need. And thanks be to God for that. In every moment, God is providing us exactly the graces and the power that we need to fulfill his will, to build up his kingdom, to renew and restore the church. That is the confidence we have on this day. Let us rejoice and be glad. A couple of years ago, a priest by the name of Monsignor James Shea, who is the president of the University of Mary, wrote a little booklet, more, than, more like an essay, for his staff up there. And he talks about in that book, it's called From Christendom to Apostolic Mission. He traces how we in the church have grown accustomed for centuries to Christianity and the church being the linchpin that holds us all together. We don't live in that world anymore. And there's a tragedy to that. There's a sadness to that. But the reality is, as people of faith, we actually are freed from the burden of having to take care of institutions so that we can speak the language of the human heart. We heard in the first reading from the Acts of the Apostles that all of these people gathered in Jerusalem heard the apostles preaching and speaking in their own native tongue. And God always speaks the language of the human heart. And the language of the human heart is this. We desire more than anything in the world to be cherished, to be known, to be loved in the depths of our life. Not just the good parts, not just the things that we're proud of, but to be known, to be cherished, to have value, even in our brokenness. And God says to us on this great feast day that you are known, you are cherished, you are loved, you are set free. Free yourselves from the burden of sin. Go to confession. Open your hearts to his mercy. Give the mercy, and you have the strength to give that mercy to the people in your life you need to forgive. Not only that, but he's offering you the peace that you seek, the joy that you desire, and it's right here. This Eucharistic revival of which we are going through in our church and in this country is a reminder to us that at every Mass, God gives us what we need. Open your hearts, open your minds, be confident and trust in the Lord, and you will be able to do the mission of the Holy Spirit. You will be as effective. You may not you know, go down in the annals of history, but you will be as effective as the apostles because God has chosen you for a noble purpose. From before time began, God chose you and me for these realities, for the realities that we face right now. And he infinitely gives us the graces that we need to persevere, to thrive, and to succeed. Because his voice is always heard through the power, through the outpouring, through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And in fact, it's a good thing that we are being freed in a way from the shackles of being so institutional and so maintenance-bound. And I stand before you as a priest who's gone through this in my own parish at the Newman Center at Indiana University. In my four years as pastor, we've completely flipped the parish, turned it around, flipped it upside down. It has been brutally difficult. It has been amazingly powerful to see how now, instead of worrying about how do we keep the lights on, how do we go forward onto a campus, onto a secular world, onto a world that has turned its heart, its mind, its eye from God, we build relationships. We love people, we speak with the words and the love of Jesus into the depths of the human heart. 
Because it is only Jesus, poured out through the power of the Holy Spirit, who will free us, who will make us feel what we desire, who will open our hearts to even understanding the, the, the challenges of the world with hope and with joy and with peace. Where I serve on campus, we have focus missionaries, and they do a great job of, of going out onto campus. And, and one of our missionaries, she has this incredible desire, uh, excuse me, this ability to speak to the desires of the human heart. She just, has, she just is able to just poke through all of the nonsense that w- we build up in our world, and especially young women on a college campus. And she's the biggest theater geek that you've ever met in your life. And what's the most impactful group that she's impacting is the women athletes of Indiana University. Why? Because these young women have their whole lives, they've been told, you are your success, you are your performance. And they've been desiring something more. Maybe they've been living in a Catholic family. Maybe they're searching for the first time for faith. But all of a sudden, here is this young woman who comes into their life and says, you are cherished, you are known, you are loved, and I don't care about your religious performance. I went to a soccer game with her, and she kept saying, did we make a goal? I'm like, you score goals in soccer. You don't make them. And she couldn't quite get it. But by the end of the game, she was best friends with all the parents on the sidelines. She knew their daughters. She knew the desires of their hearts. And this is what the Holy Spirit is giving us. The ability to speak with tongues, and maybe not in different languages, but with the one language that heals and saves. The human heart, cherished infinitely by God. This is what we celebrate today. This is what the Holy Spirit brings, not only to the church, but to you and to me, who have been anointed by the Spirit, who have been empowered by the Spirit, who have been made His temple. That the freedom, the joy, and the power that God poured out on the church in the upper room, he pours out right now into each and every one of us. Thanks be to God. Come, Holy Spirit.